0: The Spielman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is brought to you by auinfo.com. Small businesses are opening throughout Ohio. That means questions on how to comply with state regulations, HR questions, and health insurance questions. auinfo.com, a full-service health insurance brokerage serving the entire state of Ohio, a small business themselves. They have all the answers to all the questions that you have about ramping up your small business. And speaking of small business, support small businesses in Ohio with a 38% discount from Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils. Kurtz Brothers will give you your 38% discount on bulk mulch purchases at their four central Ohio locations in the form of a Visa gift card that you can use to support small businesses in the state of Ohio. Use the promo code KBCares when you order online at kbcolumbus.com. Obviously, on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, pastoral um, school. You know, there are a lot of people who tell me to go with the YouTube TV. Would you be comfortable going with the streaming TV? Uh, well, I'm streaming now. I had my
1: choice between YouTube and Spectrum, and so I you have no cable. Yeah, no, I have well,
0: cable. Well, you're in the city, though.
1: Yeah, you have cable. I have, really... I have cable, but I no boxes, nothing. All done. D-U-N. I got a, every. That's because I talked to Brenneman. That's when he gets excited. That's Tom
0: Brenneman's thing? Yeah, D-U-N? Yeah. I can't stop saying it now. Okay. Wherever... I wish we could say it now. I wish we could say we were yeah. done with what's going on in our country. Uh, I wish I didn't have cable or streaming or anything else. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find a clip to uh, get us into this Monday, June 1st edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, I didn't want to be flippant, and honestly, um, got up this morning at 5.30, Chris, hoping to find some sports news to talk about. Um, Hoping to not talk about what we're going to talk about, because we have to talk about it, as the name of the podcast is We Tackle Life, and, uh, you know, life is upside down right now, and it's... um, I don't want to be divisive, and I don't want to add to the rhetoric, and I don't want to add to the unrest. And Man, yesterday was a hard day. It was a hard day to watch. Um well, you're just catching up then. Right? I'm, just, I'm just catching up. I, I purposely avoided the news yesterday, but I got up mm-hmm. this morning at 5.30 looking for what we could talk about on the podcast. And I, I I, said to you a minute ago, it's like I'm living in Beirut. Yeah. And the rioting and everything is everywhere. Well, I,
1: I there is. And... I think the protest uh, has to happen. I mean, what happened to George Floyd? Reprehensible. uh, It's not an isolated incident. Uh, I know this. Uh, I know that my nephews have been targeted for no reason. Those who don't know,
0: Chris's, uh, Rick's sons are adopted African-American children, Rick's sons and daughters. So, you know, if you say, well, what do you mean— Chris's nephews are African-American.
1: So I've, I've talked to my sister-in-law about this, and sometimes she's scared to death when they go out. And so, you know, I, I have not lived it, but I have seen it, and it's made me think, of course, because it involves my family. What infuriates me more than anything is the exploitation yeah. of a legitimate protest A a very legitimate protest that infuriates me to no end because then everything gets lost. And one of the biggest acts of cowardice is to exploit uh, something worth protesting and wanting change and working for change uh, by these anarchists and these losing scumbag looters who destroy and and seek to create havoc by exploiting a situation. And that's what infuriates me. I mean, I'm, I'm watching guys trying to get an ATM machine on a bus, uh, jumping on uh, starting fires, breaking down legitimate businesses owned by black Americans, owned by white Americans. It doesn't matter. They're just out to destruct and destroy and create anarchy and chaos. That's infuriating. They need to be right right away rounded up because they are not part of the solution. They're not part of bringing the problem to the the forefront. And what that officer did in Minnesota is not an isolated incident, Bruce. It's just not. And if we can't say that it, it is, it's not. And the four guys that sat around and watched that happen is inexcusable. To me, it is.
0: Yeah, it is inexcusable. Here's the thing I want to get up front. This is the only thing that I've posted on social media since George Floyd lost his life in a horrendous display of police brutality, and that is that good cops outnumber bad cops by tens of thousands. That's true. And that no no one, uh, perhaps other than the family of George Floyd and the immediate people who love him, is more offended by what... Happened to him than good cops. Good police officers, absolutely. I I hate it when a journalist asks a dumb question, and lawyers hate it when a lawyer cheats, pastors hate it when a pastor sins. It reflects on your profession, and law enforcement officers are underpaid, brave, courageous people. There are bad cops. Yes, there are bad anythings. And I just want to get it up front that I support law enforcement. Um, I don't think anybody when did. it's when it's uh, done right, and it's done right most of the time. I also don't I don't subscribe to the narrative at all that police officers, in a blanket statement, are report to work, as Maxine Waters said, looking for a black person to kill, yeah. or that they're going to work to uh, persecute. Uh, black Americans. I don't believe that. I don't believe that is true. I don't believe the numbers sh- do not show that. No. The more they show more white people shot by police officers than black people. We're not keeping school. I know so, you're not so keeping it's just, school. It's here. just, yeah, but I mean, the narrative gets, what happened to George Floyd is horrendous, reprehensible, inexcusable, cannot be. But here's my question. When Martin Luther King protested, I knew what he was striving to get. When Nelson Mandela protested, I know what he's striving to get. What are the what do what solutions do the protesters to George Floyd's death want? Because the police officer was charged within a week and lost his job and the other officers lost their job. It seemed to me j- the wheels of justice were moving quickly, and yet we have, which I, I have no problem going out and protesting peacefully. That's your right as an American. Absolutely. Great, go do it. Go voice your displeasure. And I do think you're right. It's co opted into uh, people who have alternative agendas. Use um, I forget the word you use, but it was on point. Uh, they exploit ta- exploit uh, a horrendous event. For their own personal gain, and honestly, that can't be that can't be abided. It can't be abided. No, no, we cannot have law. We cannot have disorder in the streets of America, and police uh, cruisers defaced. Two Columbus police officers. We had our Sunday school class yesterday. Two Columbus police officers who were friends of someone in my class were hit in the face with bricks that shattered their face shield and broke bones in their face mm-hmm. in protests in Columbus. That cannot be. It cannot it be, allowed be allowed to
1: happen. It can't be allowed. Can't be allowed. There's no way. There's gotta be some change. The thing I think that's frustrating and infuriating to a lot of people, one of the things that really infuriated me about the George Floyd situation is that officer had uh misconduct. Eighteen. Eighteen. 18 and, no. and and that can't be allowed to happen. No. I no. mean there's gotta be an accountability. And I think one um for me, I mean you talk about solutions, I don't I don't know how police officers. Uh, The system is set up or how the the business of being a police officer or running a police department i don't understand the city politics of that but i know this it's like anything else if you have 18 screw-ups you shouldn't be on the job yeah and if you're out there with four guys knowing that this guy's had 18 screw-ups bad screw-ups related incidents whatever it is that's got to be an accountability factor and that has to start at the top that has to start with the mayor, who I believe is ultimately responsible for the police officer, than the commissioner or the captain or whatever the the hierarchy is. So that's one change yeah. that can happen. That's one change that can happen, and and, and whatever other changes. But the right to protest is an, is is an American freedom. Just like people were protesting Dr. Acton, people were protesting Governor the wine you have that right to peacefully protest that's the beauty of america but what's infuriating to me and it's i mean it's really uh, is the, the the co-op and exploitation of a very serious situation by these scumbags I don't know anything else how how to put it they're they're they're, criminals they're They're anarchists they're criminals you need to uh, you know and you have to take strong decisive action to stop it and and try to they walk a fine line I mean Governor DeWine and all the other governors and the National Guard and the State Highway Patrol and the police officers are walking a fine line because it's hard to identify who the peaceful protesters are I would think and who these the scumbags are and so you know they're, they're doing they're doing the best that they can, and I respect the police officers, but like many other uh, people, 99% of them are good people doing their job, serving the community. Then you have the 1% or 2% that are idiots and that use their power uh, to their advantage or on some type of ego trip. I mean, that's the truth. There, there's no yeah. question about it. Yeah. And so if we can find a system how, somehow, some way, somehow to try to find those guys and get those guys and weed them out, then I think you'll have better progress and better change. But it starts with strong leadership. But this uh, this looting and writing has got to stop and and you better come down and it cannot be allowed to happen or we fail to have a society. We fail to live in a society. And, and that's uh uh, I think, a major problem. And so, you know, hopefully this will, again, like, uh, this will lead to positive change. And it, and I I hope it leads to positive t- change. And you need strong leadership. You need strong leadership from President Trump. You need strong leadership from the governors on down. And you have to have the courage to identify the problems and, and find the solutions to the problems. That's what you have to do. And... It's amazing to me you know the uh how this coronavirus, which dominated the world yep. is on a back burner yep. I mean you know I, I, you, <laughs> there was an order signed Friday night about carrying on the um get mass gatherings of ten or more extending that extending it to July first in the state of Ohio,
0: yeah. Did you know that? I did not. No, yeah. I disengaged from the news purposely okay. because I felt like it was roiling me up inside and tempting me to post things online so, yeah. that would not help. And so I was like, I removed myself from the situation. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just,
1: you know, we,
0: we have to get back to some
1: type of normal where you've got to let people, I mean, this is kind of, uh, to me, I could be wrong on this, but- you know, when you when you quarantine healthy people and take jobs, you're only creating
0: like a cauldron
1: full of yeah,
0: frustration and Frustrated. anger. And and, and, and revenge, right? Are we not doing no, that? We are. We are. And I mean the numbers and as I have said in several uh, recent podcasts, every number that comes out is promising to reorient ourselves to society. Georgia, which what did the New York Times say, an experiment in human sacrifice yeah. in Georgia? Their cases are down 40% since they reopened. We need to reopen and get back to it. We're, we're not going to prosecute or arrest people who are looting former Buckeye Deontay Johnson's shoe store in the short north, but churches are afraid to meet because they're afraid they'll get cited by right. the authorities. We need human interaction of an uplifting nature, and the place where I find that is church, and I think it's high time that you let people make their own decisions on stuff like that. I want to clarify one thing I just said, which is why I didn't go on social media. Um, people might think, well, what are you going to post to like make this worse? Or don't you? No, I mean, there's no one, and I'm certainly not condoning at all what happened to George Floyd. But my Twitter kind of profile, my persona as an analyst, has always been to challenge popular thought with logic. And to point out the incongruities and the inconsistencies in things. So knowing that, I believe that what I would say, while not meant to be um, inflammatory, would be taken as inflammatory because in order for logic to land and to make an impact, people have to be willing to consider it, right? They have to be willing to evaluate it. They have to think about it. I don't think people are of a mindset now to think rationally. And so for me to present a logical argument would only be divisive. Let me give a case of a logical argument that I could make. We all watched what happened to George Floyd and were horrified I was horrified, horrified by it. Horrified by it. So the outgrowth from that incident by one police officer is that um against one black american man is that all police officers are hunting all african american men that's that's the exploding that's exploding the situation that's, that's but that's the the narrative that a lot of people in the media are pushing and a lot of activists are pushing well that's pushing. the media's fault yeah i know, know i agree but i'm just saying so then that is uh that is uh, horrific if true. It's not true, but people believe it. Yeah, they are. They're out. Your LeBron James tweets. Yeah, you know, it's, we can't go out of our houses or whatever. So then I watched news footage of police officers in Minneapolis, which are just lined up in a line, um, protecting a neighborhood, trying to set up a a barrier to people going in and looting a neighborhood. And I see angry citizens going up to these police officers who do not, who did not have and have never had their knees on the necks of anyone, shouting in their faces, expletives, pr- provoking them, filming them, doing all this kind of stuff. And I think to myself, you're angry because you believe police officers generalize and treat all black people the same. You're angry about that. And you should be angry about that if it were true. Absolutely. It's not true. But you're doing the exact same thing to these police officers. You're, you're personifying the very behavior you're protesting. Now, that's a logical argument that I could make. I don't believe it'd be helpful because people would see it as, oh, well, you're just abiding the police officers and you're fine with what the guy did. I'm not at all fine with what the guy did. I hate any human suffering of any kind, but I don't think I could be helpful in this situation because people are not willing to listen. And so I'm just going to disengage well, from, from the situation. Well, what, what, what I don't mean, want to sow seeds of discord. That's no, the one I know, thing I don't want to do. I don't want to make well, it worse. Well, that's not going to help anybody.
1: I agree with that. You don't sow seeds of discord. I, I think you know, there, there are certain elements of government that can come into play that can be helped that There's got to be, if I were president, if I were president for a day, Mm -hmm. I would immediately uh, assemble a national task force on uh, police and African-American relationships. And I would get the biggest, most popular, most listened to leaders involved and bring them in. I would put it on TV and let's have a national discussion on TV about the concerns and solutions and come together. That's what I would do. I would I would bring this to the forefront and I would be, if, if I don't know if the president, I mean, probably can do this. He can probably do this if he wants to do this. I'd bring it to the forefront. I would have it on national TV. I would have um, representatives from the police, uh, representatives from the neighborhoods, uh, leaders—not fire starters, not people that—not—not not fi- I mean, well, not literally fire starters, but you know what I mean. Yeah, influencers. Say, so yeah. I think
0: you have to have influencers—people who you they have respect. to have
1: influence. Influencers that understand. Let's work for a reasonable, common sense solution. That's leadership
0: to me. That's what I would do immediately. And, I also think he has to reestablish authority in the streets. We can't have, I mean, it's everywhere. I, I'm i reading Twitter this morning and it's like, we just cannot have a society where a, she looked like a 60-ish year old woman standing in front of her store in Rochester, I'm not sure if it was New York or Minnesota, trying to reason with, with uh, young men who were intent on looting her store she's standing out front trying to reason with them please don't loot my store and they end up beating her with a board
1: yeah a 60 year old woman well those those aren't protesters those are thugs criminals pulling
0: a truck driver from a semi a mob of people and beating him like this is we again i i can't believe i'm watching this in our country i
1: mean this went on in in the the 60s it went i know it uh, did and And i thought
0: we were past it i i just you know but I mean then, and then I know we were not past it when um you know I was I was hoping the election of president obama would show black americans that we had come a long way in race relations unfortunately it is my opinion race relations deteriorated during the obama administration and uh they are they are inflamed by every time there's a an incident that um is captured on video, and I'm glad this incident was captured on video in Minnesota. This guy should be found out. He should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We just have no patience for allowing the wheels of justice to turn.
1: No, but there's—and, there's, there's and, and, uh, look, I have a theory. I, I think it's because there's constant divisiveness within the country, and it's there's a, the philosophical differences— And then there's, you know, nobody trusts anybody. Nobody trusts the media because they have their agenda. Nobody trusts politicians because they have their agenda. And so now would be a great time to step up and lead. I wrote thoughts on leadership, and I have shared a couple of them with you. There's a coaching friend, an African-American coaching friend of mine that I've developed a relationship with over – I guess over the uh, past year, and we were texting this weekend, and he's kind of new in his walk, mm-hmm. and he texted me. Tough times in our country. Lots of bad things happening. Things are really bad with all the right With all the rioting and looting, it's really sad where we are as a country, and that 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 hurts me. Does it hurt you? I can see it in your face. And everything I think, everything I believe in is all about, I've learned is how we respond to certain things, right? And this is, and I I have thoughts on, okay, I get so angry and frustrated. I don't want to make emotional statements or emotional decisions Mm -hmm. because I think they're flawed when I do that. So here's a couple things, and I took time to think and really think about what my response was. I agree, It's my first one, I agreed. Here's what I know. I trust that good wins over evil. Evil has been around a long time, and it's not going anywhere. We have to face that reality. Good and light will prevail. We must not grow weary and respond to evil with by continuing to do good and walking in the light. We win in the end, but the battle for righteousness will continue. And that's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's the other one. So Paul in Corinthians writes, 1 Corinthians 9.24, this is a well-known verse, especially amongst athletes. Do you not know that all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as you're going to get the prize. And that's not only for us. You got to understand what the enemy is. The opponent, and this is what I wrote to him. Coach, the opponent doesn't control how we run our race. We control our effort, our response, our outcome. By we, I mean Jesus and you and Jesus and every other person who claims him. And the victory has been sealed by the cross and the resurrection. I Chris, lose sight of that sometimes. There will be a day where there'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more injustice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. God has called you to lead. You're a coach. You've been given an awesome responsibility. Lead from that position of victory and not from defeat. When the world beats us down and it will regroup, then rise with a servant's heart and inspire Young men that look to you for guidance. Your words and actions must reflect Christ. The men you lead will take your lead. And I want to, you know, I want to send that to Governor DeWine. I want to send that to President Trump. I want to send that to Speaker Pelosi. I want to send that to Mitch McConnell. People are taking your lead. Stop dividing, jackasses. Somebody have the courage to unify. Because it's easy to sit there and point out where this guy falls short in your eyes, in your opinion, or where this guy falls short in your eyes or your opinion. Shut up and listen for a while. All of you and unify, and take a lead, and come together, then guess what? There's got to be compromise on almost everything. All of us will have things we will never compromise on. And that's all right. That doesn't mean we can't learn to live. Bruce and myself will never compromise on abortion with anybody. I'm not compromising on it. I'm not I'm not going to compromise on t- killing somebody. You can compromise on taxes, you can compromise on voting, you can compromise on the border, you can compromise on everything. But you have to stop dividing and work together. Honestly, with an open, sincere heart, not with a constant mission to destroy President Trump or not the constant mission to destroy Pelosi or whoever's in charge on the other side or Biden or whoever. Come with a maturity in a presentation of ideas. Because the looting and the rioters, and there's a big separation between the genuine
0: protesters, you would agree. I would, yeah. And the looters yeah. and the rioters. Yeah, I think we have to marshal the full forces of law enforcement to find out who's financing these um, Well,
1: the one good thing President Trump looters. did was declared Antifa, a domestic terrorist group. So when you declare officially... A domestic terrorist group, you know what that does? That brings in the federal government, the FBI. You start investigating where these finance guys, because mm-hmm. these guys don't have all the uh, the ability to, you know,
0: crawl out of whatever hole they come from. They're paid by somebody. Yeah, and then the pallets of bricks just show up on, delivered on, in the middle of streets where there are protests. Yeah. I mean, I that's, mean, come, come on. on. So I don't so, know. So I, I want to see that, and I want to see us try to find a way to separate the protesters from the um, the violent people who are um, bringing anarchy to our streets and hurting innocent citizens and and innocent businesses. A doctor friend of mine yesterday made a point. And again, this gets to the illogic of... This, this I think, demonstrates the delineation between someone who's protesting an unjustifiable police action in Minneapolis and... The destruction of inner city businesses. Uh, he said, "You know, he, he noticed on the news that a Target was was vandalized and that uh, its pharmacy was wrecked." Mm-hmm. Now, who do you think's getting prescriptions from an inner city pharmacy? People who live in the inner city. So you have old, elderly people, by and large, who want their phar- who want their prescriptions from this pharmacy that will not be able to get them because people have gone in and looted this pharmacy. And there's so much violence in that portion of the city that they'll probably stop running public transit in that city for a period of time. And so when they call and say, I can't get my prescription, my Target pharmacy was vandalized, they'll say, well, go to a Target two to three miles away. They have no way of getting there. You're not getting an Uber. You're not getting a Lyft. You're not getting no cab drivers coming into that neighborhood. So again, you know, they, the, the life, you don't think about the how riot, lives are impacted the, by this. No, it, but you can't reason. No, you can't. With you can't. anarchists, no, you Bruce. Can't. I'm just saying that's why in, they're in, not the protesters. In scumbags, you can't reason
1: with these idiots. Yeah. You can't. They're, they're, not, they're not listening to reason. They don't understand. They want destruction. They do. Yeah. They yeah. want to create dis- decisiveness.
0: Indecisiveness.
1: Yeah. Indecisiveness. Yeah. Excuse me. They're trying to destroy that then you're destroying the people. You're destroying everybody that wants to get their prescriptions or destroying black businesses. The people that are protesting, legitimately protesting, something that is needs to be addressed in this country and needs to be addressed, not by me or you constantly, but by leaders yeah. that can make change that are in a position to make change. And I'm calling on President Trump to bring together a group of people from uh, all aspects of law enforcement to uh, leadership and, and leaders in the black community and say, okay, let's work on a solution instead of always talking about the problem, identify the problem and find a solution.
0: He's got to he take the an, lead. He has an opportunity to show leadership. We'll see if he can do it. We'll yeah. see if he can. It's
1: such right there in front of yeah. you, though.
0: That I don't understand. I don't know. I- Leadership is a quality sorely lacking uh, in our country. It's why I'm so fascinated by it, why I love to have conversations with people who are leaders about how they lead. And uh, one of the tools that I've been given over the past uh, few months uh, that's helped me the most uh, is a leadership tool that helps me in my personal life, which is the the realization that our thoughts lead to our feelings, which lead to our actions and that you have to change your thoughts, which will change your feelings, which will change your actions. So we get an incident in Minneapolis, and the initial thought is the police officers are doing this to every black American, and that inspires a feeling of anger, and then that leads to you know the kind of destruction we see, or at least a window for people who want to destroy things to co-opt a legitimate protest and turn it into anarchy. So you have to take the time and pause to think, you know, our thought that this is happening to all black Americans, it's not accurate. It's just not accurate. There are more good police officers than bad police officers. You know, again, an argument I could present, but I won't on Twitter is, so what do you want to see happen? You want to see no cops in your neighborhoods? Would that, would that make you happy? Do you want to see only African-American cops in your neighborhoods, you can't do that. That's discriminatory. So it's like you have to pause sometimes and think about purposeful change before you just jump to a conclusion that's uh, an angry conclusion because your initial thought leads to a bad initial feeling, which leads to a bad initial action. Obviously, we do a face segment at the end of the podcast and... I've been reflecting on what's my, what's my biblical response to all of this? You know, we just, (laughs) Jesus is the cure for everything. He predicted all this, said, you'll have trouble, take heart, I've overcome the world. And I think about when you accept Christ, you get the fruits of the spirit because the Holy Spirit indwells you, and I think about what are those fruits of the Spirit, and I think about these qualities, and if we could channel these qualities in times of unrest, in times of trouble, in times of hurt, in times of anger, when you see George Floyd persecuted and killed uh, for no reason, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Mm -hmm. self-control. If we could put those things into practice, we could pause, we could approach things more purposefully, more productively. But the world is Satan's domain, and he is extremely active right now. And he is gleefully um observing mm-hmm. all this going on in our world just got to persevere though bruce i mean that's yeah no, i know i no, don't I... lose heart i i don't lose heart because i know as you said i i know how this ends in the end um jesus comes back and um i know how it ends but i mean honestly doesn't it run through your mind what kind of a future awaits our kids after you and I are gone, it really weighs. It, it weighs on my heart it, it, when I think it, um, about what what kind of world are my daughters going to grow up in? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I I, I certainly can understand that, uh, but I also know that every country, this country, has had unrest before. Okay, things have happened in the twenties. In the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 80s, in the 60s, in the 90s, okay? And it's just back then, obviously, there wasn't social media, so you weren't living it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, everybody is living it 24 hours a day and seven days days a week and the palm of their hand.
0: Yeah. And I think that increases the challenges of getting past it. And the other thing that I would say is I feel like, and you're right, we have had unrest and protests and riots and all that in the many decades in the past. What I feel is different now is that I feel like in those times there was a widespread commitment to what I would term American values or the availability of the American dream that hard work, you could lift yourself up out of circumstances and you could persevere. You could triumph. You could better yourself. I see now among the young people who are the leaders of tomorrow, a fascination with values that are not at all the values that built this country and that have proven miserable failures in every other nation where they've ever been tried. That has always led to dictatorship and persecution and poverty and misery. I see that, and that's why I worry so much about what kind of world my daughters are going to grow up in. Um, Because I don't think we have a baseline to, to return to. We live in at least two Americas. I've heard people say, well, we're living in two Americas. I think we live in more than two Americas now. Always before in the past, I felt like we lived in one America. The majority of people understood how our country was founded, what it was founded on, and what we could return to. And I don't feel that. I now. never thought that. I never thought, I always thought there was divisiveness.
1: I always thought that there was people that uh, wanted socialism and communism or, or whatever. The, the difference is that we're constantly—well, uh, I'm convinced of this. It doesn't mean I'm right or you're right or I'm wrong. The difference to me is that when you have it thrown in your face all the time and you're not, you know, when you and I were growing up, it was all the same message, you know, work hard, do your thing, treat people well, right? Now, but in other people's houses, it was be a revolutionary, you know? That's all they heard. But we didn't know what they were hearing. Now we know what everybody's thoughts are, what everybody's thinking. I think there's
0: great validity to that. But I will uh, say that don't you see a difference in that we nearly had or for a month or two had a a avowed socialist leading one of the two major political parties' presidential race. That's something that people used to keep hidden. I would say Barack Barack Obama, who ran for the same party, denied that that was his platform uh, you know eight 12 years later we have a guy taking the lead for that political party saying yes this is my platform socialist has been around and i'm uh, not saying that was who obama was i'm saying obama was branded yeah. as that and he said no that's not me at all in the same party 12 years later guy saying yeah that's me babe i'm all about it
1: yeah bernie sanders is who you're referring yeah. to then you have some socialists and democratic socialist uh Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's the most popular out of those, but those are a minority. Then the people, the problem that Bernie Sanders had was that, yeah, everything sounds great, utopia on earth, right? Free this, free that. Yeah, every that all sounds great, but until people end up educating themselves, they don't understand what socialism is. I was talking to a young person. This was two weeks ago, and we were talking about, you know, Bernie Sanders and how he was going to vote for him, but since he got beat, you know, I said, well, why were you going to vote for Bernie Sanders? And he goes, because I believe in what he was saying. I said, okay, so, this was in college. I go, what'd you get last semester? 4.0. All right. Well... Did you earn that 4.0? Yeah, I worked my rear end off. I said, "Okay. What if if what if somebody said you can only get a 2.0 because somebody had a, a a 0.0, they took your 2 points so they could pass." But they didn't work for it. And I said, "Well, that's in a sense, in a very simple way, socialism." And So he then said, what? Like, they have no idea. So I do believe that people educate themselves. And if they feel that way and they want to do that, then it's certainly their right to vote for socialism. I do have a fear that my kids will grow up in a socialistic country. I don't think, and I, you know, I don't claim to have a crystal ball. I don't believe you and I will be around to see it, to be honest with you. I really don't. But I do think our our kids will because it's uh, or have some more form of it. But I don't know. But here's the thing. You know, I control what I can control. I can't control uh, the world. But I can control my response and I can control what I teach my children. and, And what I know is what is right or is wrong. I don't know if you talk to your girls about the George Floyd thing and... And first of all, you know, the thing that's infuriating is that the people protesting the death of George Floyd have a legitimate protest. The infuriating thing is that these leeches, vultures and scumbags that are coming in and destroying and destruction are taking the whole Mm. mission of creating some type of change so we can limit, I'm not saying we're ever going to eliminate, but we can limit drastically what happened to George Floyd by these fools. Yeah. They're animals. And see, this is why I'm not God. And I, I, I shouldn't call it another human being,
0: and their behavior is animal-like. Well, when you're the beating up a 60-year-old woman trying to protect her business that she's worked her whole life for. Wow. It's just, it's so hard to watch.
1: But there's good things, too. You have to look for good, Bruce. There's, there, there's people coming together to clean it up. There's people coming together. I saw people come together to form a line to protect the store. So there's good. Look, man. I said it. It's always going to be evil in the world. Yeah. There's, I mean, if we're not, if if we don't think it is, then we're being naive. Yeah. No, you're right. I want to protect everybody from evil. I can't. I I, I got to come to the real realization. How I protect everybody from evil is I try to do my best and be a be good and walk in the light and understand whose I am and understand that I cannot grow weary of doing good. Yeah. I can't. Because then evil will win. Evil's not going anywhere. It's a formidable opponent, man. It doesn't stop. Never has, never will from the bite of the apple. It ain't stopping. So what are we going to do? Okay, you win, evil.
0: Yeah, no. Okay. No, we do what we can do. We stand for truth. And that's what I try to focus on when uh, I'm troubled or when things go wrong is what do I know that is true? Um which is biblical from Philippians. Paul said, "Whatever is true, whatever is good, think on these things." Um, and so that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to um, I'm going to pray because I believe prayer is the battle, and that's the one thing I've been feeling over the last uh, 36 hours is um, rather than sit and stew and fret, watch the news and Twitter and all this, just pray. Yeah pray i pray for the safety of our officers i pray for our friend randy i pray for sure. the two police officers who i learned were in the face with bricks in columbus friend who has a nephew a police officer in nashville two more who just moved there i pray for the safety of our police officers i pray for wisdom for patience for long suffering um and i pray for our leaders for governor for our president go. that they'll exercise leadership and have wisdom and um you gotta go you got
1: They, I mean, they, they got you. You have to do something. You got to stop with the constant blame, blame, blame. I can't stand it. I'm done. I'm done watching the news. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna know what's going on in my world. Yeah. But I'm done with all the the this
0: the posturing and the rhetoric. I'm done. Yeah, and the trafficking and taking events and using them to never let
1: a good crisis go to waste. Yeah.
0: I'm done with it. I'm done. I, I'm, I would,
1: not, I'm not watching it anymore
0: uh, I would love to leave people with um, something encouraging today I think just you know what I would say is that uh, prayer is the battle and you got to pray pray for our country pray for peace pray for wisdom yeah. pray for patience uh, pray for your own role in this and how you can be a peacemaker uh, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, try to be a peacemaker, endeavor to be a peacemaker. Uh, there has been no good place in this podcast uh, to insert advertisements. You know who our sponsors are. We hope you will keep them in mind. If you need a law firm, Willis Spangler, Starling, online, willisattorneys.com, um, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, which I think does a great job of bridging this um, gap between our culture and other cultures when they buy direct from growers in foreign countries and allow those growers in those countries to prosper more and do good things in their communities. I think if we could duplicate that model worldwide, uh, we'd live in a much better world. You can order online, hemispherecoffeeroasters.com, auiinfo.com helping small businesses with health insurance, with HR issues. If you're a small business and you would like a free Zoom call with Julie there, HR expert, email podcast at gmail.com. Folks, we uh, understand there's a balance between um, giving you a break from current events and uh, living the mission of our podcast, which is integrating our faith with everything we do. Um, It wouldn't have felt genuine and true today to do anything else. There wasn't anything else to do. And we didn't want to skip. We're not afraid of this issue. We're just um, we are two guys trying to live a faithful life, trying to be productive because change happens when, uh, the same way a long journey happens, one step at a time. So take the step you can take uh, by being faithful, by seeking truth, by serving God according to the call that he puts on your heart. I'm trying to do that, so I felt a conviction to stay off social media. And I'm going to stay off because I just don't think it's helpful. Um, Chris, as we um, transition out today, anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. Fight evil. Don't cower.
1: Stand up and fight evil in a godly way. You understand where there's injustice. Do something, if you can, to stop the injustice. And... Pray for the leaders, that they somehow, you know, come together and, and come for a message. I'm sick of that dis- decisiveness. I I I am amazed that, I'm not gonna get into the, the COVID thing and asking the looters to keep social distancing
0: well, the masks certainly uh, help them conceal their identity. <laughs> no, I mean, I was reflecting on the irony of that I, I, yesterday. I, 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 when
1: when somebody says to protest in a mask so you can't, you know, to stay safe. Okay, let's let, use a little common sense here. Love of God, please. Stop with that. Talking to the. <laughs> okay, let's make, make my job. Oh, shoot. Hey, I forgot my anarchist mask. Yeah. Wait, let me run back to the car to get my anarchist mask before I go uh, break windows, because I want to stay safe from COVID.
0: Oh, All right. A perfect, See, it's a perfect a- storm of. Uh, Hold on of, a second. Of bad.
1: I'm not working. At, I'm not leaving like that. Yeah, I'm leaving like this. And this is timely. And it's an oldie but goodie. Philippians 4, 6, 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's what I need. Amen. Because my anger in in I don't get like this very often, but when I do, man, I, I really I gotta tone it, I gotta bring it in. Yeah. Because that the, the to To exploit something where there needs to be change, there really does. For the those anarchist and scumbag, animal-like human beings that are st- destruction and de- destroying people, and, and guess what, they don't care what color the business owner is, or the people that are giving jobs, and for the leaders to look at this realistically. Look at the – and make decisions so you don't create a cauldron where people are going to blow up.
0: Open your eyes. Yeah. We hope we have better news for you on uh, Wednesday. And uh, pray for our country. We hope that uh, you find peace. Seek truth. Pray. And we'll talk to you again on Wednesday.